Hello guys and welcome to the open mic session with Emmanuel Valeri. I am so excited for this event. Ladies and gentlemen, let's begin with an introduction. Mr. Emmanuel Valeri was is an Italian man, but he represented Denmark during his competitive career and his professional career. Some of his accomplishments include three times world champion, three times European champion, Blackpool champion, international amateur champion, 10 times Grand Slam champion, and one time Super Grand Prix champion. Ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce Mr. Emmanuel Valeri. Hello, Mr. Emmanuel. Hi, How are you today? Hello. I'm very good, thanks. What about you? Amazing. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Are you located today in Italy or are you in Denmark? I'm in Denmark at the moment, yes. I Denmark. Basically, now, now already... Then uh, almost two years, let's say, I'm based in Denmark. But of course, uh, I go often to Italy. Oh, interesting. So how's the weather today in Denmark? Is it uh, cold? Actually, today it's not cold. It's about uh, 14, 15 degrees. Not bad, but raining a lot. So not great. <laughs> ah, okay. So with these impressive accomplishments, let's begin with the first question. Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in a very small town in uh, Italy. It's called Netuno, and it's uh, just on the coast, south of Rome. And uh, basically, I grew up there, and I born there, and I danced. Uh, not actually Netuno. My uh, when I started to dance, I was about half an hour from Netuno. But uh, all my childhood and everything was there in this small city. That everybody, I mean, I when they say to me, where do you come from? I say near Rome, because, of course, everybody knows Rome. <laughs> but mine is a very small city, yes. So talking about your childhood, when and how did you begin to dance? Yes. Uh, so I started, I was about six, six and a half, six, seven years old. And I started by actually, by mistake, because... Um, my parents was working all day, and um, I was with my uh, grandmother and with my grandfather during the whole afternoon, and they were attending a social classes. And of course, uh, to not left me home alone, I went with them, and I was just uh, sitting there and watching. And slowly, I you know start to copy a few steps, but really it was nothing, you know, just. Uh, <laughs> for fun and then uh, they start to see that i liked it and i was enjoying it and they found the first partner for me we start with a very small competition and uh, you know <laughs> slowly grew up into passion and uh, here we are now <laughs> very good so when you were growing up through the passion and uh, from when you started and when you grew up what could you tell me about your coaches what did your coaches mean to you personally well, uh, I had uh, different coaches, but uh, my main coach at the end, uh, you know, if I see the overall career, it was uh, uh, William Pino and Alessandra Bucciarelli, supported together with uh, Hans Laxon and Laxon and uh, Oliver Besserteron. This was uh, 
let's say, the team. And uh, of course, mainly William and Alessandra uh, meant a lot because, uh, interesting, because when they were our uh, coach, they were also still competing themselves. So uh, for us, it was actually great to sometimes practice together as well and uh, see them live, not only in comps and shows, but also in the private, in practice. So uh, we learned a lot. And uh, so I can say it was... Uh, coach slash then became friends and uh, it's very strong connection and uh, yeah because coach uh, uh, at the end of coach he, he covered many areas because when you prepare something like competition and so on uh, you know you need to take in consideration many things and uh, yeah they were great for us so uh, yeah we had this kind of great relationship very close that's amazing uh, a lot of dancers tend to excuse me have a feeling a father feeling or mother feeling towards their coaches was it by any chance the same feeling for you yeah i mean of course speaking about dancing 100 percent i agree because uh, they guide you they help you they support you they're with you in uh, any moment and a good moment also bad moment because at the end it's very easy uh, to be happy and everything is going well when you have good result or everything's going good. What is coming very difficult is when you are down. Bad result, dancing bad. That really you understand uh, who is the people near you. Not when you're on top. When you're on top, everybody <laughs> wants to be near you. I think this is is not only my case. I see everywhere. But when you are in uh, top 24, the bottom, or even less, 48, whatever, 96, I can say. First round, that is where you really see who is uh, your coach, their real coach, because he will probably help you to achieve something and to go through you know, your rounds and career, of course. Yes, yes. So it looks like I'm receiving a question from the audience. They would like to know, so once you have the support of the coach, it's very important. Did you also receive the same support from your parents? Yes, good question. I must say yes. Both myself and uh, also Tanya, uh, we were uh, we were very lucky to have uh, great parents to support us through our career. They actually, of course, at the beginning they want the best, but then they find they we were really lucky because they found their place. They were supportive, but not disturbing our uh, let's say improvement and our dancing uh, development. So we were very lucky. And I think that also helps a lot when you have parents that, I mean, I must say sometimes also at the beginning economically, when you're very young, also that uh, is sometimes we try to skip that part, but we must also thank them that they helped us at the beginning. Uh, and then of course, second of all, with the passion and heart, they, yes. they support us a lot during, uh, I mean, at the end they were coming in every big comp, and coming to watch all over the world. And uh, this for us was uh, a mental lot and help for sure. That is true, that is true. Seems like we have another question from the audience. And this young gentleman would like to know, let's see, how did you and Miss Tanya meet? Yeah, good question. Now, <laughs> I was in Italy. Tanya, of course, was in Denmark. and. Uh, William, our teacher, was traveling uh, once in a while uh, to Denmark to teach. And then uh, what happened was this 
a small link that was our teacher, basically. Tanya moved to Italy, and uh, she actually didn't dance with me first. She had another partner for the first six months, seven months. Ah. Yes, so she was already in the studio there, where I used to practice. And I was without partner. Then what happened is she split up, and then she was available for tryout, and then it started like that. But the main link was William, our teacher that uh, it was, of course, Italian, but once in a while traveling to Denmark. So it started like that. Then I, we started together, and we were going up and down Denmark, Italy for many years. Yes, yes. So let's move on to the next segment. Let's talk about your competitive career. So after winning your first world championship in 2011, how did that feeling compare to when you won the last world championship in 2016? Yes, uh, very, very different. Uh, so let's talk about the 2011. It was yes. the, our first award in Moscow, and yes, that sir. was um, yes, it was the unexpected one, because uh, of course we were uh, for many years uh, second, and then uh, I clearly remember that uh, ten days before we were we were winning the international in London Royal Albert Hall. Yes. yes. Then uh, so the, I remember to prepare this world. Uh, together with international it was a bit a strange preparation because normally you focus in one comp but uh, uh, we managed to do one preparation for uh, both and uh, then after nine ten days something because it was thursday to the following weekend the week after we won and that uh, beating the champion the current world champion and that was for us uh, really amazing i mean we things that uh, stays inside you forever i think and uh, so the first one was the, I can say the highlight of our career, how we achieved it. Because again, beating the champion, it, it, probably you know, didn't doesn't happen many times that the second beat the current world champion. Yes. It doesn't yes. matter which category. It's quite hard, especially amateur and uh, pro, of course. Uh, so what happened? Uh, it was just uh, great. The second, we were actually, we won 2011, then we lost uh, Melbourne. We lost in Australia. We were second the following year. So the second won it, Benito won it. Then next year in Kiev, we, uh, Benito uh, turned pro, yes, and we won it. So it was, uh, of course, uh, we prepared it like crazy again, because you never know. Uh, uh, when you are uh, on top, everybody wants to beat you. And that is the yes, game. Yes. And that, that is the beauty of it because i remember when i was probably sixth i wanted to be fifth fourth and so on then i was second my goal is to win so it was actually not very easy as a comp because we were uh, of course uh, not current world champion but we wanted to have the title again after we lost it in australia so it was uh, a tough one uh, not easy comp and uh, so we won it and uh, of course but uh, not as much as the 2011. That was the special one. Wow, that is very that's very interesting to know. Moving on to the next question. While these were these world championships are stacking up, what could you tell us was a day in your life compared to when you were at the top of your dance career? So today, a day in your life compared to when you were world champion 
Okay, so if the main the main thing is that uh, uh, of course we stop dancing, and uh, we have a family, so we have a daughter, and uh, now waiting for a second one. <laughs> so amazing! Already, yeah, already these uh, two things change your life. Now, uh, speak about when we were competing, our uh, day was just hundred percent about our dancing career. Then, of course. Uh, maybe 100 is wrong. Let's say uh, 70%. 30%, we have also students, we had the dance school. So I must say the day was so full that uh, we were practicing, uh, let's say, it also depends from the period, from time to time, but practice time, then extra things like a gym thing uh, um, beside the dancing. Then, of course, between this, you have the small breaks during the day. And then uh, again, uh, sometimes lesson or sometimes even uh, research of uh, maybe new choreography is not all, uh, maybe booking a flight or maybe organizing your day, but always towards the dancing. And, uh, let's say, as I said, you know, I can say 100% because when you're also teaching, is uh, still part of your uh, dancing. So what I say is uh, a day like that. Sometimes, of course, practice. A little bit more practice or sometimes less than so this was our day and uh, plus the travel and the shows and competition nowadays we can of course we don't compete anymore so our all our effort go to our couple so again uh, our um, main part of the day is uh, uh, dancing uh, teaching couples and of course family so this is uh, the priority now at the moment in our uh, life and uh, we really enjoy it because at the beginning, you know, you don't know when you are starting a family, but it is a great energy. And I like this uh, contrast and balance that uh, you go to the studio and uh, of course, dancing will always be there. So with wherever you, the dancing is always take, also when you're home, uh, even with your daughter, maybe some music playing and she dance. So dancing is back there. So it's, it has been our, uh, it's in our blood, uh, me, myself and Tanya as well, of course. So it's uh, now uh, this is about uh, teaching and uh, family time priority, and then uh, of course we have hobbies and so on. And sometimes I, you know, uh, we go a little bit of gym. Uh, I play personally. I play paddle. I like now. It's one year. I <laughs> it's one of my hobby. I, it was not oh, last year. Okay. So this year. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of my main hobby. And then uh, friends, of course. Uh, you know, like a theater, a movie. Now, of course, with this situation, it's a bit harder to go out. And, yes, but, yes. Yeah, yeah, but still home, you know, you can watch a movie and so on. So quite a still busy life, but not nothing actually really special, let's say. <laughs> yeah, so I would like to congratulate you on your beautiful family. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> so an audience member would like to know, what was your proudest achievement, both in your competitive career and your professional career. Uh, sorry, one more time. I didn't hear the first one. Uh, achievement in? Your proudest achievement in yes. your competitive career and your professional career. A prof okay. A competitive, I must say, two. It is the world, champion world championship, what we spoke earlier. That it was, uh, I mean, like, the, uh, probably the top of it, and I will put very near our first uh, Blackpool final. 
again unexpected so probably that's why it stays so much is because uh, it was unexpected and also this first our first blackpool final where we need to beat couple we were semi-finalists and we are fighting a lot to enter this uh, final and then uh, we achieved it and uh, yeah that was a big uh, thing for myself and tanya then of course many others but these two are uh, the top and uh, about the professional when you say professional you mean uh, as a teacher or as a dancer or a professional uh, yes, category or as a teacher as you've been teaching throughout the years what has yes. been the most proudest moment that made you say yes <laughs> first of course is true it's a bit true two things one is the result of your couple when a couple achieve okay we were i must say we are happy to have a couple in the final of the world youth for example and even winning the national uh, winning some national uh, around the world it uh, can be even a final in a racist star so it doesn't need to be necessary a world uh, championship right, even right. A, fi a final in a racist star if i mean i i must say i feel quite young as a teacher still i don't you know yeah, uh, so yeah. i'm quite happy when uh, a couple achieve when i see them happy to achieve something that is already i'm happy and one is the result second is the performance when you see a, a student starting from really uh, the bottom maybe uh, starting from really one two three really basic and uh, arriving to maybe a top in in the world semi-final but even 24 even 48 and you see the development in the dancing not only the result but in the dancing that i feel very happy so uh, i must say i feel happy when a student is happy this is a probably a good way of saying and it's not only result also performance of course that's right that's right which brings me to ask you this question you talk about happiness so i would like to know what genuinely makes you happy happy it just fills your heart and makes you beam with joy and pride so first of all uh, every morning it sounds simple but every morning i see my daughter because uh, she is the first mile of the day every day i'm home so <laughs> this so is the beautiful. truth so, so this is number one unbeatable uh, then of course uh, what uh, the hap happiness is sometimes you don't expect can be from a friend can be while you teach can be watching a movie can be being with your wife uh, eating a meal and uh, she say a joke you know or yes. it's really it's really hard to say what um, what make you happy now personally i prefer to smile and laugh than to be too serious and grumpy of course yeah. yes, i'm of not course. perfect i also have angry moment <laughs> you know sad moment unfortunately but we have our temperament so you know but uh, i try always to have uh, a little bit of lightness if i can in life generally even in the dancing uh, because uh, we have already especially again now this period so many a uh, hard time with this for example this uh, covid 19 that nobody expected suddenly read this and sometimes we can't do too much about it is there we must take precaution be careful but we need to also have 
you know, our life going uh, through. So I must say in a positive way, right? Exactly. So that's why I say sometimes uh, uh, if you put a little bit of lightness in your life, help to be happy. And then I repeat, I'm not perfect. So I get angry as well. <laughs> My students know. <laughs> so <laughs> you can ask them. <laughs> but I try I... to... As as I love your yeah. point of view on a lot of these topics. So one topic that I seem to struggle with, which I'm sure many dancers around the world also do, is what advice would you give to a dancer that is balancing work, school, and dance all at the same time as a young person? Yes, it's very difficult. I, I have also some students exactly the same in the same situation. I think the key is the pl planning of it, is how you divide your day with these three very important things. Because uh, uh, I must say, uh, let me speak, dance is the passion, the main thing. But then, of course, instead of this, you have to put the school. I'm uh, like my parents always tell me, you must finish the high school at least. Then some people continue university, it's their choice, but uh, if it's also important. So. It, um, I must say, school, especially for young, you must uh, finish the school. So dance becomes a little bit less because the time you have to use for studying and so on. Then again, a very important also the work for some, uh, some I think uh, most of the people, because it's connect. If you don't work, probably you don't have income, so you cannot actually pay your dancing. So it's this kind of chain right, right. that uh, I really understand. So uh, for me, um, the best thing is the planning. For example, uh, you know, in school, you are in school from, I just say, from eight to one o'clock in the morning. Right, know. a certain time. So let's say this is the school. So this is the moment in school, then maybe you put uh, a practice three hours, let's say, from, you know, go out, let's say from two to five. There you have to have your uh, homework, one hour, two hours. It all depends from your day, of course, where you are in the school. And then you sleep and you recharge. Unfortunately, sometimes you would like to have uh, more time to maybe go out and play football, for example. But uh, um, you need to make a decision. You know, if you are really passionate, uh, the dancing, uh, you will find time to, uh, you know, um, make find all time three together. To make time. Yes. Yeah. And then again, if you need to school, work, and dance, again, maybe someday, I, I mean, I believe that you don't go to school every day, you don't work all day, you don't dance all day. You can find uh, a space for it. And, and yes. sometimes, someday will be harder than others. This happened also to me, to everybody. And you have to sometimes push a bit yourself. Don't pull back. If you really want something, I believe you, have, you can put this extra gear and extra effort. And trust me, you can achieve it. Someday you sleep less. Some days you can sleep more. But if you really want something, uh, you will find the time. Then, of course, you have some uh, difficult cases that really uh, they need to... Uh, make a decision of what to do every day, and this you can uh, adjust it. But uh, again, uh, I think it's all, all the key is about the planning, really. If you plan your week, let's say, your month, your week, your month, and then, of course, your day, you will go and stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. Stick to it the plan, be, yes. Yeah, it, it will be much, yeah, yeah. It will be much easier. Sometimes the plan can change. Of course, circumstances can change. 
but uh, 90%, uh, normally, if you do 90% of the plan, you are succeeding. That's true. I would love to get your thoughts on this next question. You jogged my mind. Talking about passion and sticking to the plan, the passion seems like motivation, and sticking to the plan would be discipline. What do you find <laughs> is the difference between motivation and discipline? What do these two things have in common and the difference between them? Yes, so let's say uh, we can say the discipline, I see it, uh, I just give a word, maybe schematic and uh, a little bit more, uh, you know, yes, it's a little bit more uh, school orientated, schematic. And the passion is a bit more abstract, it's something that is a feeling that you have towards something. This is the first two things. That's why if you put it together, you have a great blending of uh, sharpness and maybe a little more around and feelings around. But the two things goes together because what we do, it is a very difficult thing. Dancing, yes. our art form, some people call it sport. I call it both of them. It's both. art, sport, both. it's a mix. It's a mix of them. Yes. It is very complex. Standard of Latin, both, it's very difficult. Without discipline, you don't go anywhere. You enjoy at the beginning, you have fun, but if you, it depends on what you, why you do it. If you want to achieve uh, result-wise or good, good result or improvement in your uh, dancing, you must have discipline. When I say discipline is, uh, if the teacher say to you, you must do, you must improve your whisk in words. It give you the tools, it give you the info, there you, next morning you have to go back to your studio and do it. Yes. And be a hammer, and like uh, you have to be like a drop. If you want to break the rock, the drop you have to keep going like that. Keep on going, yes. It's, it's not easy, it's not easy, of course, but some people take more time, some people less, doesn't matter. Just you have to keep going. That is for me is the discipline, is to be on on what you have to do to improve your dancing. Then, of course, it goes together with the passion. If you are passionate about dancing, you want to really uh, improve your dancing. You and want to see forward. that and uh, move forward. So uh, you must have the passion also that affect the discipline. But if you have something here that you really want to get discipline to do this whisk forever, because you know uh, one day you will do it better, for example. So uh, in my career, I found out that uh, have a good balance. For sure, the passion, I believe, must always be there. Uh, because I feel that the, probably the passion is a bit more in front of the discipline, but very little. Because really, if you don't have passion, you can do discipline, but if you don't put the heart on it, right. it will a little yes. bit die. You truly really have to want it to be Exactly. Really disappointed. Exactly, exactly. So my my feeling is the passion I will put maybe number one, discipline number two. But I must say, like that, almost that you cannot just, see the just difference. a little bit. Yes, and uh, I believe this. Yes, I believe in dancing discipline, and uh, I can say also simple word practice. In our case, it is a big thing. Don't believe just talent can bring you in front. <laughs> it's not enough. I, I love that quote. That's gonna be that's gonna be put on a shirt. Don't think yes. just talent. Hashtag Emmanuel Valeri. I love it. I, I saw many talents during my dance career, friends as well. 
that they get lost in the on the way simply because they rely too much yeah but i you know i can do this without any effort but in a long run the one that work hard with maybe 10 percent less talent because you must have a bit of talent it will totally beat it i am I, i'm 100 percent sure of it <laughs> I, I love that you mentioned that i love it thank yeah, you so hard, hard work basically yeah <laughs> Seems like our follower from Los Angeles here in the United States would like to know, at some point in your competitive career, were you ever a 10 dance competitor? <laughs> yes. Uh, unfortunately, I was. <laughs> no, tell me, tell I'm me, tell us about it. Tell us. Yes, uh, so I uh, simply say that uh, Tanya was a Latin dancer before me. She was actually, she was always ten dance, but she was more successful result-wise and in the Latin. Ah. Myself, yeah, yeah. She was actually very successful, like Blackpool Junior. She was uh, in the final wow. of the Latin. She was, yeah, she was very good. And uh, myself, I was never a Latin um, uh, expert, Latin dancer. I was uh, always. Um, thank you very much <laughs> for the comment. I, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Todd Corey. <laughs> Thank you. I was, uh, I was always stand. I was uh, even in my studio. It was a, a, sta a standard studio, and uh, probably that also effect. But I always did ninety percent, eighty percent Latin, ten, twenty percent. Sorry, sorry. Let me rephrase that. Eighty, ninety percent standard, and the rest it was Latin. Ah. And I all, but I always did ten dance because uh, our teacher always pushed us until we were, let's say, early stage of amateur, always to do the Latin because you learn a lot. So it's very yes. good. I, if I need to give an advice, please don't stop one of the other too early. Keep going as you know, and then you will see one it will take off and then you can stop. But it will de develop your uh, ability a lot and your open mind and is it's very good. So uh, I always did and dance. I was, for example, I mean, also in Italy, always ten dance. And uh, with Tanya, we did ten dance. And at one point, the standard was just going like that. And really, we needed to, because we were teaching, traveling, competition. It was simply too much. And we saw that uh, ten dance and Latin it was not our specialties. So what we did, right. we yeah. just automatically went to the standard. But I was always a standard dancer. Standard. Or do I do ten dance? Yeah. So my following question was: You mentioned um, not to stop too early. What would be your definition of too early? Too early. I think uh, until you are youth under twenty-one, then you will see it's a bit personal. But I say, and overall, youth under twenty, youth still going for ten dance. I must say, even under twenty-one. So you start to have. Uh, you start to go to the amateur, then you start to really see how it's going. But uh, until they are uh, 19, 20, 21, I would suggest if you can, if you have possibility, time, uh, teachers, uh, I, I suggest to do both. It's great for your development, body-wise, mind-wise. I agree. I agree 100%. The next following question would be, very simple. So which of the five, well, since you used to compete Latin as well at a very young age, which of the five standard dance is your favorite and which of the five in the Latin is your favorite? 
Okay. Uh, let me start for the Latin. It's faster. Now, uh, when I was uh, dancing, my the paso was my favorite. Mine Now, too. I love paso doble. <laughs> But now I tell you why. It was very uh, close to the standard. <laughs> That's true. So That it, is true. It, it gave me less trouble. So, yes, yes. Uh, but That's joking true. apart, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can you can steal some tango step and put it in the pass very yes. easily. <laughs> For always twist turns, you know. But anyway, my uh, my Latin, my favorite one, uh, uh, always been two is a jive and samba. Still now, when I watch Latin comps, probably samba is. Um, Samba music as well is my favorite uh, of the Latin. Yes, so Samba and Jive, I would say, my favorite. And uh, now, now we come back to the standard. Now standard uh, two dances I have. Mm, tango always been uh, uh, my let's say favorite together actually with the slow foxtrot. Uh, yes, uh, I know every time I get this question many times. And uh, people maybe expect to say quick step. I know because we were maybe yeah. successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, of course. I mean, we liked all five. But if you tell me what you really enjoyed, um, I must say tango overall. And the last uh, probably ten years of our career, maybe eight years of our career, was foxtrot. I uh, it, it came, you know, really. I really enjoyed to develop, uh, to practice the foxtrot. But again. It's a bit uh, hard because sometimes we were preparing a comp. Maybe I need to improve the walls, and I found a lot of um, inspiration into the walls, through the also of course quick step. So it's, I must say, even Venice walls. Some comps I need to focus on Venice walls because I knew uh, it was a very important dance. Because sometimes out of five dances, maybe you are winning tango and quick step, losing the other three, and Venice walls can be the one that makes you maybe win the comp. And then yeah, during that period, way. I analyzed a lot. Yes, I analyzed a lot of the Venice world and I found so many things. So that period I also enjoy. So it was up and down, but if I see the overall career, I would say Tango and Foxtrot. It, it was my favorite. Tango number one, I think. So does that mean when you were competing these five dances, did you feel the most passion when you started a Tango and the Foxtrot? Did you feel the most emotions when you did those two dances? Uh, he is. Uh, I I don't know if I can say it was the most because I felt uh, the same. Let's say emotions also for words or quick step or whatever. Uh, all five, but um, a tango I felt um, it came a bit probably easier in an earlier stage of our career. It was I easily attached to the tango feeling. Now don't tell me uh, because I remember when I was youth already. If I watch video, I think. I had something already there for the tango. Uh, it could be something really inside that uh, also being Italian helps, you know, giusto, giusto. The, the fire, the fire, the passion, that also helps. But uh, tango always came a bit easier. But then, of course, like I said before, you need to also discover and go deep. And uh, we studied a lot also the tango, what we wanted to bring to the floor. And uh, uh, so, and... Uh, I really enjoy the moment when, because I need to challenge for, uh, we were second and I need to try to win, you know, the world, um, European and so on. And the tango was the first dance. It was German Open. So this also, you know, I have a good memory about tango. It was the first dance we took from the champion. 
and it was in ah. German Open, and it was the tango. So uh, we always were losing all five dances, and the first step uh, towards our, let's say, winning, uh, to win the world, it was the tango. So the tango. It, was a bit of a de- it was a bit of a destiny there, you know. Always enjoy <laughs> the tango, and it was also the dance that helped us probably to achieve what, uh, you know, we wanted. Very interesting. Still on the topic of emotions. Yes. Looking back on your career, what do you, who, excuse me, who do you feel the most gratitude for? The most thank you so much gratitude in your heart for throughout your dance career? Looking back at it. A very easy question. My parents and my teachers, my main teachers. Could you elaborate a little bit? Yes, uh, but my parents, because simply they were always there. They were supporting me uh, all the way through. Uh, they never st- actually stopped me to do something. If I needed to go for a trip for this competition, they were really uh, sacrificed, you know, their time to bring me or to drive me when I was very young. I remember weekly, every week, drive maybe sometimes two hours for a private lesson, sometimes all weekend driving five hours, six hours throughout Italy. So what can you say? If they wouldn't, maybe if they wouldn't um, do that at that time, I wouldn't maybe achieve what I achieved. So the first thanks is to them because they helped me when I was young and they still support me until the end. Uh, still now, I mean, uh, their parents, you know, if you, <laughs> they always support you. But of course, to our career, they were always, always there. And the teacher uh, slash coaches, uh, of course, uh, they were uh, the one uh, that, uh, again, without uh, this small team, like I said before, I wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't achieve because uh, you are just practicing and uh, you are going like this every day. And maybe sometimes you don't realize, but they are living to guide you, they are adjusting you. Sometimes you have hard time, clash. You have discussion, then back. But it's this that creates this uh, chemistry that um, brings you forward. Uh, so uh, I know it is a bit uh, predictable answer, probably. But uh, of course, I can say uh, thanks to Tanya. I mean, because she was also <laughs> a great partner, wife, girlfriend, all our career. But this is uh, is there. I mean, I don't need to say because it's for both. I can now speak right, for both of, of us is our uh, four parents and uh, our teachers that uh, yeah uh, simply supported us all simply all the time good time bad time uh, mainly especially bad time yes I, my mother as well my mother is just and my father as well we actually we seem to have a message from my mother right now from the audience let's read it she said <ride> Alessandro gli puoi chiedere di accettare la mia richiesta di amicizia su Facebook e gli dici che sono tua mamma <ride> va okay, bene mamma, va benissimo detto. tranquilla mamma gliel'ho detto sarà il nostro segreto non sarà... <ride> sei siciliano eh l'accento eh, io sono nato in Russia però adottato da siciliani quindi sì eh, si sente l'accento si sente l'accento <ride> il mio <ride> Allora, un, un saluto prima di tutto a tua mamma e accetterò l'amicizia appena ho finito la diretta. Giusto, giusto. Looks like let's move on to another audience me- uh, member from Miss Lisa Belikov, who asks, what age is Emmanuel start dancing? 
Yeah. Uh, as I said, yeah, I started uh, six, seven years old around the time, and uh, I I remember um, I um, I don't remember exactly uh, let's say the, the six or seven, but it was around this year because then I started to dance. I was already competing eight years old. I clearly remember I was already on the let's say real competitions, uh, you know, the national, the regional championship. Uh, and so on. So, uh, yes, around six, seven, this age. Very nice, very nice. Moving on to uh, some stories from your past career. Let me ask you, what has been the craziest or funniest experience in your career, whether it was in an airport <laughs> or in a dance studio or something crazy happened at a competition? Hmm, many. <laughs> when you dance for so many years, you get so many stories. That is true, that is true. Yes, what, uh, let me think. Okay, about traveling, I have many. Oh, for example, like, okay, I can tell you one, because um, you are in US, so I can tell you this, because it was it happened in USA, in New York. We came to, to do this show in um, Dance Legend, it was. Yes, now I remember. It was actually a great uh, event. And uh, we landed, and uh, in New York, you have two airports, correct? Yes, yes. And I didn't know. So I landed in one airport. I don't remember which one, JFK or the other. I can't remember. And of course, I land. I do the show, finish having the three, four days there. And then I need to go back. And I was really 100% sure. I just booked the car to the same airport. I didn't know that we were actually booked on the other airport we had the flight from and i had no idea so i arrived there and uh, i start to go terminal one there is no flight <laughs> to copenhagen it was i still remember with sas terminal two no flight Term uh, sas they uh, the, after three times i traveled this uh, i go around the terminals i ask so i say sorry the, this flight and they say to me i'm very sorry but you are in the wrong airport and <laughs> It was not a great news, I must say. <laughs> so I went out, I took a taxi, and I said to this guy, sorry, run, just go, drive like crazy. This poor guy was uh, going like crazy, but I didn't manage. So <laughs> we arrived late, but I was lucky enough to have uh, another flight to Oslo after maybe four or five hours. Ah, so okay. at the end, uh, SAS was very good that he booked us. So quite... Uh, Lucky, it was quite, uh, you know, finish well the story, but stressed. <laughs> and I bet, then, I, uh, I mean, it can be a little, yes, a little tough. Yes, so, uh, yeah, tell me, yeah, yeah. But many stories, I mean, you find during the career like this, or even worse, or even it's many. <laughs> did you ever have an experience, uh, maybe at a world champion or European champion, just right before you go on? Did anything happen? No, okay. Now thinking about uh, one old, it was a European Championship. I can't remember which year, um, but uh, my luggage didn't arrive. Fortunately, I had the uh, tail suit with me, only the jacket and the pants. Uh, sorry, and the shoes. Yes, I had this. I always brought with me. Uh, and then I didn't have anything else. So uh, the, I waited until the morning because they said, maybe we'll arrive, maybe no way didn't arrive and i start to go around the my competitors <laughs> people there in the hotel 
to borrow stuff. So uh, there was no, I remember that there was no shop to buy. You know, sometimes in competition, you have this shop. Yeah, so the first, uh, yeah, so I first thing I asked, no shop. So I basically dance with the socks from someone, underwear from another, shirt from another. And uh, they, were, <laughs> they were very nice to actually help me. <laughs> to, uh, borrow, uh, yeah, borrow me uh, stuff. But uh, the feeling it was somehow affect your mind uh, i i didn't feel comfortable although if you watch you wouldn't realize that i had uh, you know because the jacket was mine the pants mine should so it was actually very good but all the items you know hairspray gel uh, makeup when you don't have your own stuff really is uh, probably happened to many people that are listening is <laughs> although it's the similar it's not the same so and uh, i went through the european like that and uh, yeah it was not the a great experience i must say but happened uh, so you have to be ready and react to all situation you get so yeah <laughs> so, keep well, going. it's very well that you, you did it though you did it <laughs> oh we maybe uh, yes yeah yeah oh, i'm sorry no, no, no continue 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 because now while i'm talking now i'm thinking uh, other one uh, uh, this is a uh, funny one in Japan. I was doing no, a show. This this was a demonstration. So we are in Tokyo, and uh, I do the rehearsal where we enter from two corner. It was a two corner, and then we meet into the floor. Tanya from yeah. one corner, me yes, and then we meet in the middle. So we do the rehearsal, no problem. Now to go from corner to corner, you cannot go across. Of course, you have to go behind. And you know, uh, in this kind of inside the hotel, there is like on the backstage, you have to go right, right. like yes, in a yes. corridor. Anyway, I go there, I do all around these rooms. So I'm ready to enter. And there are two doors. When is your time? What do they open the door? So you can hear the, of course, music. When they call you, you open the door, you enter. So they call me, and now Emmanuel and Tanya, the tango. I think it was the tango. Music start. And then after a few bars, we need to enter. So Tanya enter. I go to open the door, and the basically door was locked. It was, it was closed. So I try to open the door. Music is going. So I am just behind. I had no time to run all the way to come back to Tanya's corner. So I was banging on the door, hoping someone to no. Basically, they lock it. The only access was there because they didn't tell to the people there in the in the hall. So uh, simply, I uh, Tanya was on the floor and I didn't appear. So what did we do? Tanya actually stopped, she went out and we need to stop. <laughs> so it was quite a funny moment because then, of course they said it was, <laughs> but I was stuck behind the backstage and I couldn't go in <laughs> to dance oh my, my show. So what did I do after uh, After a few minutes? They called it, they opened. Okay, I could perform, <laughs> but it was actually a funny moment. When I went there to open, I didn't. <laughs> While my music and Tanya was on the floor. <laughs> yeah. We would like to say hello to our audience member, Mr. Ken Richards. He says, Emmanuel and Tanya, number one, favorite couple for musicality. Hi, hello, Mr. Hi. Richards. Thank you. And thank you very much for the compliment. Thank you. <laughs> and hi, hope you are all well, of course. Moving on to our okay. next audience question, Miss Natalia Rothman would like to know how many hours a week did you train um, good question uh, again um, 
it first of all depends uh, where you are during the year. Of course, the worst time when you are preparing for uh, could, could it be Blackpool uh, World European Big Comp uh, Grand Slams. Uh, what you do, you uh, you make a, a little bit more during the day. So uh, I would say for sure I didn't pra practice less than uh, three hours, two and a half, three hours. This was our minimum, even minimum. in the that that period where you didn't have a comp, let's say up to right, right. So if you have two weeks without comp, at least two, two and a half, three hours, practice, uh, just practice. Uh, on top of that, not every day, of course, we would have uh, one and a half hour private lesson, twice a week, sometimes once a week, sometimes three times a week. All depends from which on period you are in the on the schedule. Yes. Uh, on top of that, I would add uh, at least uh, 45 minutes, one hour, again, sometimes a bit more, one and a half hour of extra training. Gym, running, stomach exercise, physical leg exercise, yeah. physical, physical training. Uh, this shouldn't substitute, um, let me say this as a advice, shouldn't substitute the dance, the dance. practice. Yeah. No, no. Uh, Trust me, you can run the fastest, you can be the strongest, but when you take the position and you have to do five dances, it's not the same. So if you don't have a lot of time, sacrifice the gym. Uh, take the dance, um, uh, yeah, the dancing practice, let's say. And uh, so this was uh, our uh, day. So I would say, let's say three hour practice, one and a half hour private lesson, not every day, gym, Sometimes three times a week, sometimes four, sometimes two times a week. So this, but we managed to go, let's say, three times a week, this extra hour. And sometimes we had the, let's say, twice a week, one times a week, ballet classes. Uh, just very nice. Yeah. Yes. And again, also that uh, shouldn't uh, substitute the dancing. And Tanya... I can admit this, Tanya did much more than me on that ballet. <laughs> I, I, I did, I, I must say I did for my posture. I needed to improve the posture as fast uh, as I could. So I we went together this uh, in a private classes and uh, we had, but Tanya also worked a lot with her with the um, uh, like leg uh, or kick, leg extension, spine and so on. So this, um, it was our um, daily training, and it was a lot. I must say, it was a lot. We, um, we were a couple that we practice a lot. I, I must say, I enjoy practicing. Not every day, of course. We also had the, this uh, day where you really feel the tire. So uh, I must say that we were not perfect. So we also had the uh, Sunday so-so, but uh, overall we were uh, quite on the. Pra I believe uh, if you practice well and enough you will uh, have a good uh, improvement in your dancing and automatically, of course, a good result. Right, right, 100%. So you mentioned the physical training and the dance training. Now, how did you mentally train? How did you mentally prepare for a big event or a big competition or a big camp? Mentally, what did you go through? And yes, how Interesting. Uh, now about the mindset uh, again is very important. If you are not uh, uh, prepared, let's say focused or prepared, uh, is very hard because I, I also am a big believer that 
uh, without the brain, the body uh, do, doesn't do too much. The, you can Amen. train the body. But if this is not on, you can train a lot. But if you don't want to do something, it doesn't happen. So uh, mind and body go together. So uh, I would say um, uh, is quite a good question because uh, if I would say daily, uh, my mind was all towards, because I'm personally a lot uh, towards the competitiveness of it, even in the improvement. If I see myself, I need to improve something. I take it as a challenge to myself because I need to improve. This is my drive. So mind-wise, I try to keep the, I would say, the eye on the ball, you know, there. Right, and, right. Uh, and, and of, uh, yes, and then of course it's again not easy to do it every time, but uh, uh, we were quite uh, good at, at it. And I feel myself, uh, uh, I managed to to be on like that. And uh, if I now speak about competition, is uh, it was different from comp to comp. Uh, Mind wise, if you need to prepare a Blackpool, uh, and then you need to prepare a Grand Slam. Uh, the mindset uh, is different. I give you an example. Uh, we went through this uh, changing of uh, uh, system. If I speak now, yes, uh, yes, we, I remember. yes. So we start from normal final skating system. Then you go to a solo dance point system where you see the marks. So during the da the dance, or also in the past, it was this visual marking. How do you yes. approach when you dance the waltz and then you get six, 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 or you get a point where you're down? How do you get? Yeah. And that, uh, I believe, uh, you will learning why you do it. Now, you can, of course, ask advice. Someone can help you. But uh, the major lesson I had is when I experienced on my skin. If, because I can tell you, uh, they can tell me, I give you just an example. They can tell me, Manuel, you have uh, no idea how it is to shoot a penalty in a Champions League final. Now, I can, of course, imagine it. I mean, it's tough. You have all people there, ball is there, goalkeeper. And uh, uh, if I speak to Cristiano Ronaldo, he can explain me all the possible details. But really, sure. if you want to learn it, you need to stand there and shoot it then really you understand what it takes to shoot a penalty in a Champions League final. Dancing is a bit the same. So you can um, have help, you can ask people, or, of course, but the biggest lesson is to experience it on your uh, skin. So uh, sometimes you fail. So sometimes you go to the floor, you try, and then you fail what you prepare. But from that fail, you need to be very good and understand what didn't work. So you analyze it, and then you improve for the next comp. And basically, that is the process. That's why the more comps you do, the older you get, the more experience you get. Experience, And yes. the more, uh, more object you have in your suitcase. And it's easy to, you know, you have more experience. Uh, so um, we cope a lot like that. I must say, we didn't have, I don't know this, <laughs> I will say, you know, this is a bit personal. We never had a mental coach. Huh. And uh, now, uh, I don't know, I, I'm not against it. So I simply say, if you really need, go for it. If you don't need, don't do it. Don't have it just for the sake of it, because another couple has it. 
Right, right. Our mental coach was our teachers, probably. <laughs> so we are maybe lucky because we were uh, we were not superhero, but we during our career because probably we were so focusing. I had no time to think about um, so many things. Simply was, sure. I, I kept it quite simple. I need to improve my natural curve, go in the studio, do it, do it for a million times, trust me, then you will see the result onto the floor. Then you go into the floor, comps by comps, you learn how to compete into that floor. Your yes, craft, yes. the event, you do one black pool, you do two black pool, third black pool, you start to understand where you start beginning, how is the music, how the couples around. So uh, this is what I call experience. And uh, if you are analyzing and you spend time on your dancing, you get confident. Then, of course, the small result getting better, getting better. So I think it's many things in one box that make the box bigger and fuller. So uh, that's why um, I think the mental part is very um, important. And of course, maybe we were lucky to have people that supported us, uh, parents and teachers and friends as well. I mean, and, and couples. Also, our, our students many times supported us because they knew that before our world championship, we couldn't teach for one month. We had this uh, kind of rule, not teach one month before. Mm. And they were really uh, understandable towards us. So even them, I, we can say thank you to them that allowed us to focus on our comp. And right. that was a mental preparation as well because you f we felt uh, uh, relaxed or not disturbed by uh, you know external things because we could focus 100% on that. Very good, very good. So that that would go into the dis. That was the discipline in you, right? To say, oh, I have to fix uh, a natural turn and do it three times, yes. three times. It would be the discipline. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, this um, about the discipline. Now I was thinking. I read so many books and uh, so some many documentaries about uh, top athletes. Can be footballers, runners. Uh, and they all have this kind of uh, determination and uh, a keep going thing. You know, look at, uh, I repeat again, Ronaldo is one. And uh, the other are stopping at five o'clock. He stays until six to practice his free kicks. Of course, when you go to Sunday match, trust me, free kicks, he will put it in. <laughs> and he will, you know, score. So simply that extra hours for hour for so many years. So I... Simple, you know, I really believe in that, yes. That's very good, very good. I think a lot of dancers could really, um, how to say, relate and hopefully understand. We have another question from the one and only and beautiful Miss Natalia Rothman, who would like to ask you, what's the best thing to do before a competition? Yes, um, so long time before the comp is the preparation. But just before the comp, uh, we had uh, our system, our idea was not practice the day before. We never practice the day before the comp. Big comp, we manage to also not practice two days before the comp. But if you feel to practice, it's of course good, good as well. I just tell you my personal experience. Simply because the day before, now let's say one day before is enough to not practice. One day before, you can't change anything. You go to the studio, 
you have the pressure of the competition, generally you feel something is wrong, you start to discuss, you feel the nerves. So That's I true. suggest to, to have this kind of day to prepare for the comps. So the day before the comp, what I used to do, many times travel, you travel in the morning, not too early, travel uh, early, like, let's say late morning, so you arrive sure. early afternoon, uh, then you have there, you prepare everything for the comp. When I say everything, iron, everything, shirts, uh, jacket, pants, uh, prepare all the shoes that you have, all the items, uh, if you have snacks, whatever, drinks. The next day, you shouldn't think about anything. Everything must be done the day before, so you have no worries. Then, of course, uh, you have a time, um, if you have spare time, just do whatever fills you to just let it go. Means, read a book, for, uh, watch a movie, uh, have a walk, uh, go shopping, uh, go to the park, uh, listen music. Each of us has got different uh, tools. And uh, whatever makes you not even so relaxed, but just uh, uh, happy with yourself. So you are ready and uh, right. charged for the next day. That is the best. And of course, have a, a good meal is not maybe in the evening, let's say lunchtime, good lunch, a light dinner, with your partner and with whatever you people make you happy so you have this kind of easy day so you are charging fully for the next day you would say to um, to have a relaxed day and do things that'll make you happy so that way when you go into the competition you feel happy you feel relaxed and then instead of going in anxious and scared right yeah uh, now that uh, uh, I must say it's not, relax is a wrong word because no one in that competition hall is relaxed. Right Now right. people can say, just go, even as a world champion, I remember, you don't go, I, I never experienced to go a demonstration, competition, totally relaxed, simply because you want to do good. If you want to do good, you, um, you feel this adrenaline inside the body. This you can't remove it. And this, you have it also the day before the comp, you have it also in the practice. So I think it's a daily thing when you are, when you are dancing or you practice. practice. So uh, I must say, um, when I say this day of, uh, that you have this adrenaline, but it doesn't become nervousness and they stop you. Like, because many times, they are, I, like, I don't like to say nervousness, but some people like, you are nervous about the comp. And this is perfectly normal because they, that you are, uh, afraid of the comp or nervous is how you trans uh, transform this nervousness in a good energy that uh, i call it like adrenaline or yeah energy so uh, that one you will always have and uh, uh, i i think if you don't have it uh, it means that you don't care about it and the performance will be really without any meaning right. so um, i believe that the where the day before you had to uh, do things that just make you happy. That is probably the best way to say it. That it make you happy and relax in a good way, but still, of course, ready to compete the next day. That's true. I understand 100%. Now, I'm currently waiting for this surprise to happen. I am currently waiting, so we will see. Hopefully, this surprise will log in in the next few minutes. But in the meantime, I would like to ask you a very psychological question 
a lot of dancers. So after we understood your uh, schedule to how to train, how to physical training, one must is very busy. So a dancer that is always in the studio every day, physical training the way you did, may not necessarily have many friends or may necessarily not have a social life. And they, they would really want one and they feel like they might be missing out on some parties, they may be missing out on some events. What would you say to these dancers who feel like that? Now, uh, this is called sacrifice. No, it's um, happened to me to me as well. Um, I need, unfortunately, to sacrifice many birthday, many Easter, many uh, friends uh, reunion or going out disco. But if you can or if you have time, do it. Uh, I managed to find the balance of uh, once in a while uh, to go out and. Uh, play tennis, whatever, you, you know, or go out and have a um, drink with a friend. If you don't have a comp the next three weeks, not, uh, why not, if you have a Saturday evening free, go to the disco, enjoy yourself. You need to find the correct moment. If you do it two days before the comp, sorry, you are wrong because <laughs> it's going to affect the comp. So, and that just is just a small example, but... Uh, I, I must say I sacrificed so many events with my friends and uh, I lost, not lost, because when I go to Italy, I still see them and sometimes I message them, but uh, you lose the daily uh, connection with them. And that is the bad part of it. But on the other hand, you gain also, you know new people. So new friends come in and the really good friends will always stay there even if you don't hear them for two months, for one month, because they're also busy working, and then you send a message, or you have a phone call, it's like, you know, you go back in time. So when I go to Italy, I still see them, even if I go to Italy after two months, I see them, and we still have fun. Of course, in the past, we have a group of maybe 20. Now, I have two, only. Because during the so many years, you lose them slowly because also they have their own life, people traveling and so on. Uh, so uh, sacrifice, unfortunately, sometimes, yes, you have to take this, uh, this thing that you have to jump some parties or birthday. But um, I give you now, I just, I, I think this is amazing. I tell you this um, uh, story that uh, Tanya's friend, Tanya's best friend, Tanya's got one really best friend, number one. All the, like, since they were very young and until today. And uh, she came in all big event, world and European for our last probably 10 oh, wow. years. She even traveled to Melbourne. She even came to Australia to watch us compete. She was always there. So when we spoke about support, when I said also friends, in this case, she was always there. And for me, this is amazing. I mean, when you have a friendship like this, it's really, it's like a sister or brother, whatever. In this case, a sister. And uh, it's unbelievable, really. So if you, are, uh, if you have your friend, they will understand if you cannot see them for two weeks because you are uh, in Asia, I don't know, teaching and demonstrating or competing. But and nowadays it's a bit easier because with the like this, you know, <laughs> I'm in Denmark, you're in US. 
we can talk. So with the FaceTime, uh, WhatsApp, uh, you can just call. Uh, I must say we are lucky in a way that we can still see and right. speak with the people, you know. So, but uh, physically you have to make some sacrifice, yes. I, I agree 100%. So before we ask, I will ask you one last question and then I will check in with our surprise. What would you say is the biggest sacrifice that you had to make for your dance career? <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> good question. But big, I, I don't have many big, big, like a big sacrifice. I have many smalls. Now, as I said before, eh, I could have been eh, maybe few more birthday home. My birthday, my parents, my friends' birthday. Eh, I could have some more Easter's because one, okay, one festivity we never sacrifice is the Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is like uh, we always there with the family. So yeah, that is very there. important. But I think this is worldwide, you know, everything, uh, let's say, stop. <laughs> eh, and this is good. Eh, but eh, I don't have a big uh, sacrifice. I, again, I wanted to maybe play football with friends that afternoon. I couldn't go because I have a private lesson. But it was not a sacrifice because I knew that I wanted to dance. So I don't, cannot call it sacrifice. Sacrifice it is when, it, yeah, it was something that you had to give up because you want to achieve something in your main passion that is dancing. So um, sacri big sacrifice uh, only if, it, if I can say it's a family thing. And um, yes, some festivity with your uh, people near you. That is the friends and the family. That I could have done it much more, but unfortunately I couldn't because I was either competing or traveling, unfortunately. Very well, very well. Now, now I would like to let you, there we go, okay. So two seconds. We will turn the videos off, as I call our big surprise, and I will see where he or she is. All righty. We will be back oh, in no, just no, I'm, getting, I'm getting worried. I'm getting worried. <laughs> <laughs> Tranquilo. Eh, due secondi. I will speak in Italian. Se vuoi un po' di acqua o qualcosa, due secondi. Eh, torniamo. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. Let me add Mr. Emmanuel Valeri back. All right, Mr. Emmanuel. And your surprise this evening is this man competed against you. You guys are amazing friends, both Italians. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Salvatore Todaro. <laughs> oh, but this, this is a bad joke because Emmanuel was expecting some beautiful girl and then you <laughs> yeah. this. Because because he said it would be he or she, and I was I was. Uh, this was let, I know, I know. Close, close the window. But, close the but window. <laughs> Emmanuel is not my fault. It's not my fault. Uh, I'm just here because Alessandro asked me if I have some uh, little, uh, you know, story about you or something. Okay, first of all. Emmanuel was world world champion when I was in the dancing the final in Kiev. So we had beautiful picture together after prize presentation, and uh, I always watch it with a lot of pleasure. But 
you you have to know that before he became a world champion, he had also some bad results. Yeah, it's not that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Emmanuel already know what I'm going to talk about because I had many. So, I had many. So, <laughs> yeah, but one we were in the same changing room in Moscow, if you remember, European. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So Emmanuel was finalist already in London, yes, or Blackpool and whatever. The, the week after uh, Blackpool, I think, yeah, or it was May, yeah. It was, or, just, it was before, yeah, it was before, but we were coming. Before. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, Emmanuel was already a finalist in, in England, the big comps, and he was not able to be in the final in Moscow. And I remember... Uh, one uh, colleague of us, which, which then he, he didn't have a so good career after. So, good dancer, of course, but <laughs> cannot be compared to, to Emmanuel. Uh, so, this Russian couple was in the final, and Emmanuel started to kick all the chairs, <laughs> start to shout. <laughs> he met Heinz uh, uh, Becker, yes? Yeah, Did I you, say, uh, I, I mean, now. That it was a moment of uh, I, I was never showing uh, passion, upset, passion. Yeah. passion moment. <laughs> like I said before, I also have a bad moment. I'm not the perfect, but uh, that I really I was upset. But I must say, uh, after uh, that, after so many years, now everything is you know done. Now with also with the Heinz, every time I see him, no problem. You know? <laughs> now back uh, normality. But on that moment. Because you have so much effort and passion, sometimes you can't control it. Also, being Italian didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> but you, 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 Danish. You are Danish, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I, I found uh, sometimes I find a good balance. You know, there. Yeah, no, you had, in that moment you had really uh, Danish attitude. You know, really self confident <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I say hello to Fiorenz, I saw the message, uh, but uh, also I remember uh, when he, he won in uh, in Russia again, the world title against uh, Benedetto and Claude, which was quite surprising result, you know, in dancing, I mean, you, you always have quite same yeah, rankings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, uh, you know, from Moscow to Moscow, but a different. Uh... <laughs> Actually, interesting <laughs> enough. It's, it, really, if you think the life in Moscow, I have the worst experience in terms of result yeah. or this mess. And then I won after, I don't know how many yeah, years yeah. I can remember, but, but it's interesting sometimes, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the, uh, what to say, what... Uh, Yes, I, we had so many years together in, in, from London, from Italy already. Because Emmanuel, yeah, now yeah. You, you see you see Emmanuel like a world champion, but I remember in youth in Italy, he was not even finalist, isn't it, Emmanuel? But, we had so yeah, but, strong, but, strong generation in Italy, it was impossible had, to be in the final. The youth uh, in Italy that time was very strong. We had the uh, world strong. champion, second in the world of the youth, also in black under 21, many couples, you know, it's a yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. generation. And uh, uh, like you say, no one is born a champion. <laughs> yeah, it's to... true, it's true. So, I also have bad results. I also dance bad. <laughs> it's nothing wrong. I was not born. And so 
and this is uh, to look back is the beauty of it that you see all this uh, development and uh, yeah but you know, it's, that is life, you know, it's interesting. It's true, but it's good that we uh, say this to the young uh, uh, people because they think uh, uh, that you're always being good or you never had uh, no, no. difficult moments. So, But many people, I see, they give up. Uh, for example, now after this quarantine, a lot of uh, couples stop because no competition or whatever. I, I would never have stopped it's, uh, even if it, I had this... this if you have a passion for something, nothing can stop you. Not uh, yeah, exactly. or not. I mean, you do. Also, you know, as I said before, you if you need to sleep less one night because you need to practice or travel, you do it. <laughs> it's, uh, if you have a passion and you want to achieve something. But yeah, I, I remember, for example, I don't know if you did uh, also, but. Uh, from Catania to London, there were not good connections. <laughs> it's not like now that we have so many air company or whatever. Yeah. So I was going with low cost to Oriol Serio Bergamo in the night. I was sleeping in the airport and then 6 a.m. flying to London, rent a car and go to Leicester. <laughs> and I was like jet lag, like I was in China. You know? But I used to do the same from Denmark to Italy. At that time also, not like today, so many flights, but I used to go to London Stansted. I did Aarhus London Stansted, sleep in the airport. When I say in the airport, in the seat, not in a hotel. In no, the seat. me too, in the seat. <laughs> yeah. And then exactly. travel the next morning. And, yes, and you know, the and then we had so these difficult years that uh, they put this arm in the chair you couldn't lie down you know <laughs> then you had to <laughs> because in the beginning you could you know, lie down like this <laughs> yeah but then you know and then you do like this with the neck and oh my god was, no that's terrible but yeah this probably all this helped you know everything helped to a career you yeah, know? yeah also yeah, this true. you learn how to cope with the situation and it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah it's true of course <laughs> we all and, went through and that. And then this, this year were the best. And also we were in this nice hotels in uh, Blackpool with the <laughs> moquette also in the toilet. <laughs> Terrible. So, but yeah. all this uh, it was a great experience that now we laugh a lot, but we were so much stressed in that moment. Yeah, it was not, uh, but of course it was not easy. Oh, when you take first time you take the car in London, that you hit the wrong uh, line because you don't know how to drive. Yeah, and uh, in London, so, it's not like in Italy that, you know, you do some mistake and you can survive. Do you have speed cameras and everything? <laughs> so you cannot... Uh, I, I receive a lot of... Um, what's, tickets. what's the English for? Tickets. Yeah, tickets, yes, exactly. <laughs> Ruslan. Yeah, what to do? Ciao, Ruslan. Do? Very well. Thank you. Thank okay, you so much, Manuel, for joining. It was joining. a big pleasure. Ciao, Manuel. Saluta Italia. Grazie pure. Ciao, Ale. Saluta Old Dance Academy, Volga, all the friends in USA. I hope to be back very soon. But yes, I think we will have another lockdown, so maybe in 2022. Yes. <laughs> ciao. Okay. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> All right, Mr. Emanuel. Now I have one final question from a very important person in my federation. Mr. Say, yeah, sorry. Uh, hi, Ruslan. I saw before. 
Yes, yes. This is Mr. Well. Ruslan Wilder. Yeah, I hope you are all well and family especially well. Please carry on. Yes. My final question comes from Mr. Richards, Mr. Ken Richards. He says, enjoying the chat. One question. Where did Tanya learn how to make her eyebrows dance? Favorite story and moment was watching the two of you trapped along the wall at the German Open. Instead of fighting your way out, you took a lunch pose and allowed Tanya to flirt with the audience with her expression and dancing eyebrows. Nobody saw the other couples. Could you tell us a little bit about this? No, I think in, uh, it, it sounds crazy, but I think I also remember which part it was. It was uh, in the long, beginning of long side uh, of the German Open Hall, and it was the end of the tango. I really remember, i tell you why I remember. Because, uh, okay, Germanova was very special for us. Uh, we were competing against Benedetto being German. So every year I prepared the Germanova like crazy because it was very difficult to, of course, dance with a German couple in Germany, me being second, he being world champion. So uh, it's a good, a bit of a challenge, but I always, I must say, enjoy the German Open audience and the atmosphere, one, one of my favorite comp. Now, that part, it was like this. It was finishing the tango, and of course, the audience was responding quite well on that day. And uh, what uh, I did, I clearly remember music is almost finished, and I have this kind of a slow kick in the corner, and I decided to just, when the music was finished, to keep it longer. So I kept this pose. It was a kick forever, means, Couple were bowing and I stayed and I stayed and I stayed. And then, of course, audience react. I was okay after a little bit because the couple was going in, they need to dance, I need to move out. <laughs> so I bow, I go out, and Tanya said to me, Emmanuel, why you were standing? Because I got so many cramps in my left leg to hold it. <laughs> so that's why I remember now the eyebrows. I don't know if it was the cramps. No, I don't think so. <laughs> But it, I remember clearly this moment. Now, I think the eyebrows, we should ask Tanya. I, it was just, a, again, a reaction of the moment because I really don't know. I was not in control of Tanya's eyebrows. So but I pro maybe I will ask her next time I will tell you. But interesting that I, I remember the moment. And I'm happy that also Ken still remember and he enjoyed it. So I'm very happy to hear it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Emmanuel Valeri. It is always a pleasure. I enjoyed you. hearing your perspectives and all your views on all these subjects. I think a lot of dancers could really relate and could really use it for hopefully when these dark times with COVID will be over. Yes. Uh, before I finish, I would like to say, uh, first of all, thank you very much for all the people that wrote uh, the comment and uh, listened to us. And... Uh, yeah, you see, <laughs> he was there at the moment. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> it's many years ago, but I have all these, you know, uh, I say stories here <laughs> yes. in the hard drive. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> now, uh, so first of all, okay, uh, say hi to everybody, people that I know, also people that uh, I didn't know before, and uh, uh, stay safe. Uh, it's very hard. Not only US, Denmark, all over the place because of the this corona. And if I speak about dancing, it's affecting us a lot because no comps, no, we cannot travel. But it's not only the dancing; it's a, it's a bad situation for everybody.
What can we do? Absolutely nothing because this virus is there. But we can try to uh, do our best, what we can do from home, but to not get totally down. Although I know that some people are suffering more than others. So uh, my, you know, uh, a lot of hugs for uh, uh, those people mainly, but for everybody. And I really, really hope we can come back as soon as possible to our normal life like it was, uh, uh, let's say, now already, what, one year ago. We are, it's, you know, it's a lot. And, uh, and this maybe it also we, we could have a small lesson from this that we were maybe co me myself as well sometimes complaining a bit too much traveling too much this is too much then they remove everything now we are a bit suffering crying that is there is nothing so maybe when we go back I really again hope as soon as possible to uh, think about it where we, where we were locked really locked down that is not fun and we can enjoy even in the difficulties and the hard times to try to go forward and uh, you know try to enjoy life that is the probably the biggest message this corona uh, gave us but again uh, be strong be safe and uh, hugs everybody and hope to see you very soon by person yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much mr thank Emmanuel. You much. thank you you have been thank amazing you. ciao ciao thank you very much ciao bye bye ciao So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for watching. It has been amazing. Stay tuned for our next event, the Marathon of International Champions at the end of November. In the meantime, we'd like to give a final and big thank you to Miss, Mr. Emmanuel Valeri and Mr. Salvatore Todro. See you next time, guys. Ciao, ciao.